This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Life's so full on, I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Shop MaxiClear from Chemist Warehouse for cold and flu relief. Get 30 tablets for just $6.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ Wednesday the 8th of June. Run it straight with Tony Kemp in the arvo. It's Kempi. Kempi, when are we going to share the news, mate? you got another show. Oh, mate, Louis. What are you doing? Louis spitting tax too in here. <laughs> he thinks I'm abandoning the show. Wow. Oh, mate, running it straight on today, Wednesday, 3 o'clock. You're going to be in. the Warriors' new coach as well? Oh, yeah, mate. Well, I had a phone call last night, you know. <laughs> True story, is he? Had a phone call last night, but it wasn't to, wasn't to coach the Warriors. No. <laughs> Advise. Yeah, mate. No, talked to my little mate, the general. Just wished oh, him all the best. Good. And, uh, yeah, mate, it's, um, we'll talk more about that as the morning goes on. Oh, we sure will, Uncle. We will sure delve into some Warriors chat. It is the biggest news. Well, going. Everyone's passionate about the Warriors. Where do they go now? They've made the change. Nathan Brown's gone. Stacey Jones, little general. Stepping in for an interim role. Awesome to be able to dive into that later on. Coming up in the show, LOV Golf versus the PGA at the moment. As some of the sport's biggest names have pledged their allegiance to the Saudi-backed golf league. Dustin Johnson is the latest uh, big name. And we'll, who will follow next? We spoke to Alex Michelli. He is founder of Golf.com. And he will join us after 7 o'clock. We spoke to him earlier on. And, uh, well, he just gave us a good insight to where the PGA go next. So you want to stay tuned and hear that conversation after seven. Following that, big day for racing in New Zealand yesterday as NZTR, New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing, announced an increase in stakes money for our big races. Bruce Sharrick is CEO of NZTR. And he'll come on the show at about 7.40. So great news for stakes money in New Zealand. Following that, we spoke about it just before, Warriors. Yesterday, they announced Nathan Brown as the parting ways, and Stacey Jones will be taking over on an interim role. After eight, it is your chance to vent 
your concerns or offer up any solutions. A few names have been thrown out. Tony Kemp's has been thrown out a few times as well. <laughs> you can Maybe. throw it out. That's dead right. <laughs> you take it out of that hat. <laughs> <laughs> so this is your chance after 8, 0800 150 We're going to be talking all things Warriors throughout the morning, but definitely after 8 o'clock. And then it's World Ocean Day today, and some of our country's stars are putting an emphasis on the health of Tangaroa, our oceans. Blair Chuk is leading the way in sharing the importance of taking care of our oceans, and will join the show today. Chuki will be on at about 8.30ish to end the day's sport. Like always, love to hear from you in the Temper Bed Post text machine, double eight double three, or even love to hear your beautiful voice, 0800 150 811 on the Ken Atire phone line throughout the morning. That's enough from me. Throw it over to the team in Aukalangi, Auckland, Tamaki, Makoto. Morena team, how Morena. are we? Morena, yeah, man. We've been up, up this morning, done some pre-records, Izzy. A mm. big day, a big day for rugby league yesterday. Not only not only did Nathan Brown get his marching orders, but Madge Maguire, the Kiwi coach. Bad day for New Zealand rugby league. Ooh. Lost the Warriors coach and the Kiwis coach on the same day. Big news. It's not, it's not often that uh, State of Origin gets overshadowed. And on the eve of State of O, there is no news headlines or anything about State of Origin. It's all about the Warriors, all about Madge and the West Tigers. Interesting little setup and scenario we've got at the moment, but not surprised. I'm not surprised we're here with the Warriors. Um, all things were leading towards this situation, and it's just not ideal. It's not ideal. I feel for the fans out there. I feel for, for all the people that have uh, supported the Warriors for a very long time that were going through this situation. A high-performing fully professional outfit dealing with um, these kind of situations. Well, that's debatable. High-performing mm. outfit, I don't think so. I, you know, I think there's uh, a lot of water going under that, under that bridge. It's a storm at the moment of, mm. of innuendo and you know developments that are I guess turning people off the game here in New Zealand. I said that yesterday to, to SEN in Sydney when I did a did an interview with them, and I, I said, what you don't understand in New Zealand is that we've been starved of rugby league in this country for three years, near on three years, and people are getting all these stories secondhand. There hasn't been a hell of a lot of transparency, so you've got to feel their pain. Mm. Um, and, and yet we've got them coming home on July the 3rd to play the Tigers. You know, what about the Tigers, mate? Brett Kamali jumped in, uh, a, a different and in a different reaction to Brett Kamali. Stacey keeps the same team. Brett Kamali changes it totally. Um, so you've got this July third game come on. Two new coaches, great halfbacks in their in their own, but you've got a fan base over here still going today. I think what they, what they're saying is what is going on. Mm. Seriously, what is going on? Like yeah, yeah. what what are, what are Cam George and Mark Robinson doing? That's the thing. What are they doing? They're just, they're just derailing this whole setup, mate. It's 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 not a great look. And what I was alluding to with that high performer, I think when you're playing in the NRL, you should be a high performing outfit. You should you are playing in the best league comp in the world, but that's not that's not what we're saying, and that's not what some um, other uh, team is portraying at the moment, mate. Look, I was thinking about it yesterday, and you know I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the Warriors, and I've been a fan of them. Like yesterday, Ali Lawatiti was on our show. What an absolute champion. I, I feel for the fans, mate. I feel for the past champions. I feel for the legends. I feel for Stacey Jones. Stacey Jones has been thrown into this little situation, and he spoke about it. You heard his comments yesterday. Look, uh, to be honest, I 
didn't really want to be a, an NRL coach, but this has just come about, and I'm not going to shy away from the situation that faces me. Um, he's going to front it, and he's going to do his best. And, and like the few of his comments, he spoke about effort. Like effort, those are the things you can that can you can judge. You know, the ability to get off the ground, get back in the line, put effort back to back efforts, and he alluded to that straight away. Like they're not where they need to be, the effort, and he's expecting uh, a turnaround this week. Whether we see that is another story, but you'd hope that these players have some sort of hunger and desire and, and care. Like we spoke about yesterday, the most important thing in a team, care. We will see that this weekend if they do really care. This is. This is the where we're going to measure if the Warriors really care about about the team. But mate, honestly, it just felt for the fans, um, for for people that have really supported them yesterday. That yesterday we we're going through that situation with a CEO, uh, an owner still walking in the front, leading the way, and all the everyone else is behind him. He's out in the front with his hoodie on, just leading, staunching around. Like, look, he's just got to give it back. Give it back to the fans, Kempi. I reckon, yeah. Yeah, look, I, I just, mate, I, I hear you, I hear you, and, like, take a back seat, you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're going to have plenty, we're going to have plenty to talk about this morning about that, mm. is he, I, I guess from from, a, from another perspective, Canterbury fans down there in Christchurch, mate, got some good news yesterday with Matt, <laughs> Matt Todd, you know, coming back from, from uh, Japan and go straight into the coaching structure, you know what I mean? Like, what a contrast, Louis, what a contrast looking mm. at, what what you do with players, how you set, you know this, and this this is one of the conversations that I have whenever I bring it up about this Trans Tasman issue, COVID. Um, uh, you you you've got the Warriors. I guess well, guess what? You have got the Crusaders. Mm. It's the the Trans Tasman teams. One of them so successful, and the other one just can't find. Uh, I guess the the key to unlock their potential. You know, imagine imagine only having five coaches over the last twenty seven years. You know, what I mean, imagine being raised and winning five premierships, mm. having the back end of of a club that says, "Yep, we're going actually into the market to get what we what we what we thought um, what we think is our prodigal son and Matt Todd, who just uh, uh, gave his all for that club." So we're bringing back in because that's a you know, what do you, what do you call it? The Canterbury way. Canterbury way. The that's, Canterbury that's, way, mate. When the, I, when when Louis sent that to me yesterday, I was just like. What a contrast. Mm. What a contrast in stories. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I messaged him because I was having dinner with him on Saturday. He didn't share anything, but I said to him, oh, I'm, in the, <laughs> I'm in the media, so I don't want to ruin you, you know, make headlines before you even be announced. But messaged him yesterday. I said, oh, is that it? Is that it? He's like, no, no, no. Just in between seasons, going to go back and, and have, have another crack in Japan. But, mate, an absolute champion. He is Christchurch through and through. He's got so much mana down here and respect. And um, just a real awesome, like you talk about all the time, Uncle, with the IP, retaining the IP. Mm. He's got the respect, the knowledge, the hunger, the desire to win. Um, just a real good bloke. And you heard Alan Bunting talk about the girls uh, over the last couple of days. You know, they could be all superstars, but if they're not good people, they're not going to make it. You want good people in an environment. You want good people to, good people make good environments uh, even better. So, uh, he's one of those. I can only see him doing doing great things uh, for the Canterbury outfit, mate. And I know Louis, 
Louis Herman Watts, a huge fan of Matt Todd, so he was up and about throwing his fist everywhere. Yeah, he is my he's my favourite crusader of all time. You know, he goes he's he really is. He's just the epitome of hard working North Cantabrian, just make tackles, just tackles, undersized, scrappy but smart. You know, I can I don't know I mean I don't know him from a bar of soap. I've just been a fan. I don't know, probably not safe for me to meet him, but um <laughs> But is he like he's always struck me as the sort of guy that'd be a hell of a, an assistant coach? Like I mean, like I know he's an assistant coach here, but and I don't know if he's got aspirations to one day he he might want to be the head coach of the All Blacks. I don't know, but he's got he's kind of quieter by demeanor on the field. He was always just so calm and he kind of so technical. He kind of gives off those vibes of a great two IC, like a great someone that can really nail down and do some very good stuff one-on-one with players and, and around rugby. And I think Canterbury, to be honest, the wheels had fallen off Canterbury from coaching mm. structure. Like the, the reason that this is so relieving yesterday, and you see, um, I think Christchurch Club's assist, a head coach is going to be an assistant. Lincoln head coach's uh, coach is going to be an assistant. They've pulled from the area. They've looked within and after this kind of co-coaching setup just did not work and Canterbury's NPC side has been failing by the standards, mm. they needed drastic change. And I think the setup they've gone with is really exciting and it, is, it represents the red and black region, is he? Yeah, it is. It is. You've got Craig Dunley and you've got Alex Robinson. He was a Crusaders under-20s assistants. Um, so, yes, they are picking from within. And, and it is a job that is... Um, that is a difficult, uh, you know, job to take over. They've had, you know, not the success that they're probably wanting as of late, but an outfit that has so much history, respect, and they've got Marty Burke. So Marty Burke's come down from the Bay of Plenty. He's taken over the head coach role. He is brother of Colin Burke, who's playing in Japan. He's played a ton of rugby in New Zealand as well, so real rugby knowledge, but just a great mixture there. And you touched on Matt Todd, mate, just an absolute champion. When Matt Todd's next year, I've said it many times. I named my my, my favourite crusade of all time when I was working for Sky. I said it was Matt Todd. Why? Because you just watch that bloke, mate. You watch him just get up, snap that guy in half, get up, snap that other guy in half, just get up, mm. run about another 50 metres and get a turnover when your team needs it. When your team needs it, you're on the back foot, you're under the pump, you're under your sticks, and he just gets in there, gets a turnover, and you're just like... Thank you, Toddy. Oh, man, what an absolute... <laughs> Thanks for pulling off those three and, tackles yeah, when, we, when none of us could. Yeah, we just watching there going, oh, go, Toddy, go, Toddy, <laughs> oh, go, go get him. You know, he's just an absolute... But I couldn't be more happier for, for Matt Todd. I've got so much respect for him. And, and you know, that just transitioning out of rugby and knowing that it's going to be a little bit seamless for him. Not, you know, it's nothing's ever seamless, but an opportunity for him to transition from the, from the playing field to the coaching. Um, yeah, Got big, big things. He's he's oh. a good man on the field. Off the field, he doesn't go too bad, too, boys. He's not bad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, he's Kai boy, bro. He's you know he's he's real regional. That's um nah. It's so cool to hear, and it was it was great to see, boys. Have you seen the the news this morning that Tiger Woods is out of the U.S. Open? We're catching up with Alex Michelli a little bit later on to talk LIV golf, but Woodsy. He's uh, broken down his body, and he looked cooked at the PGA Championship. I reckon mm. the Masters took so much out of him at the PGA Championship. He he looked in severe pain, so he can't play the US Open. Izzy, you've been saying it all along. It's all about trying to get ready for the old course. Yeah, the Open. St. Andrews, couple of months' time. Like, yeah, you saw this first time he's ever pulled out of an event at the Major. So he knew his body's not quite where it needs to be. He needs to give his body more time and effort. 
um, to get back to where it is. And I'm, pl- yeah, he's got a chance. It's going to be hard, Louis. Mm. And I said that about a month ago. <laughs> and after seeing what he had to endure through the um, the PGA Championship and having to pull out, I was a bit like, oh, maybe this is just one step too far for him. Um, but uh, when Tiger's playing, it makes it more interesting and, and it brings in the viewers. And, and that's what you want as a golf fan. And golf, wow, it's in the headlines at the moment, isn't it? Man, just the numbers, you know. The, the numbers the, are the, in the headline. The numbers, <laughs> not when you just, you can't be saying the word high nine figures with, mm. without talking about like the acquisition of Sistema or, you know, like like a massive company. Like that, that is not what one person should be getting to play sport. You think, um, you think the golfers are going to have um, get caught up in this recession? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no way, <laughs> Uncle. No. Uncle, where do, you, where do you sit? Like, where do you sit on the whole legacy, creating uh, your brand, your identity, forging it on the PJ, but then there's big money on offer, and it is a sport where we've all got to earn, we've all got to pay the bills, so you got to look after number one. Like, where, where do you sit on the whole Mate, Are you more on the legacy, or are you more on the, you got to do where, you know? Oh, look, I, 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 sit, I sit with both, both yeah. uh Feet in both camps. Look, you know, Paul Harrigan got a bus and filled it full of Newcastle players and took them down and signed them up for the ARL and the Super League war. You know what I mean? And players were getting money that they could could never dream of. Um, it's so like the the ARL Super League fight. It's not funny. And, and what you've got is you've got those top earners earning good money, and then you've got this other mob that comes along and says, "This is for everybody. If you want to come over here, we're going to give. We're actually going to give you a sign on bonus to come and play." You know what I mean? And what that does to a player, it just makes you go, well, mate, that's my life sorted. Mm. Yeah, it's security, yeah. It's security. It's, and you, ca- yeah. and you ca- if, you're, if you're thinking, nah, man, he's got to play on the PJ, you got rocks in your head. Yeah. An athlete doesn't think like that. If he gets yeah. more time with his family and his, and his, and his future sh- secured earlier, he's going to take it. And that's actually what Dustin Johnson said. So Dustin Johnson faced the media today, and uh, I was pretty interesting. Uh, we'll play it for you a little bit later on. He's talking about resigning from the PGA Tour. But he just said, the guy said, well, you know, some people were saying you are putting, because he can't play for the Ryder Cup now. He can't yeah. play in the Ryder Cup. So some, he said, Juno uh, uh, said, well, some people would say that you've chosen money over your country. And he said, well, I've just chosen what's best for my family. And I guess no matter how filthy rich these guys are, you can never – I mean, we're talking about – we're not just talking about Dustin Johnson's kids. We're talking about Dustin Johnson's kids' kids and their kids. And I guess if you're trying to build a legacy for your family, maybe it's not all about your career and maybe we should just look at these players. Family first, bro. Family, family first, yeah. Family first, no matter what, you know. And I love that reaction from Dustin. It's family, you know, like – this is security for these players. And look, I, I love the PGA. I love what the PGA has done. I love watching the PGA events. Um, but on the other side, I've been an athlete. And you want to do everything possible to support your family and put them in the, a better stead going forward. And, and this is an opportunity for those players. 11 events, you know, $150 million. Even the minors, you know, the, the not-so-big names, are going to get thrown, you know, $5 million, $10 million. Does wonders. Yep. No, you're bang on as it does. So look, that's where it's at at the moment, and we will watch with bated breath to see who else continues the flow on. Can't wait question of the day. Well, you forced my hand here. I honestly wasn't even going to ask this question, but <laughs> the text machine double eight double three is just doing it for me. Who's the next coach of the Warriors? Go on, double eight double three. Who's the next coach of the Warriors? Double eight double three. I mean, it's really the only question to ask, isn't it? Stacey Jones is coaching them. God, I hope Stacey 
can I hope that we are kind on Stacey. The little general is he's a great of New Zealand sport and I hope that this job suits him. But who's after him? And I don't think he is the option long term. Who is the next coach of the Warriors full time? Double eight, double three. People are coming through on double eight, double three already. The Tampa Bed Post text machine will give us a call. 0800 150 811. That's the Kennard Tire phone line. After this, Izzy and Kempe will drop a nomination. I might as well. And we'll hear from you here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. 27 minutes past six, 27 minutes past six o'clock this morning. Uh, Sean Johnson as player coach, year now from Costa. Costa, <laughs> it's early, too early for that sort of cynicism. Izzy, what you got? Brad Thorne. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you need hey, an interpreter. Hey, Walshie, why are you climbing that apartment for, you egg? You've got to hurt yourself. Oh, get down. <laughs> Uh, Brilliant. That is the one. That's oh, it. That's brilliant. it. Settled. It's done. All right. I'm done. Conversation over. That's me. Can you beat that, Kempe? Oh, no. Nah, bring him in. <laughs> Put Campo as his assistant. Campo, yeah. don't imagine that conversation. Do you oh. think while she was trying Bloody to get it? Kick it. Kick it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I won't say the rest. <laughs> I reckon while she was trying to do a little bit of, um, what's, the, what's the guy's name? Peter... Pettigrew? No, who's the Spider-Man? Who's the Peter Maguire. Toby Maguire. What, what's his name, Jake? No, Peter. Pete. What's Pe- Peter? Peter Parker. Not Peter. Peter. Peter Grew. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, scaling the wall. Uh, Kempe, can, what about this? Can the Warriors sign 13 Matt Todds and have him as coach as Wouldn't well? Wouldn't that be great? Hey, at least they could tackle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Lots of Ds. Tim. At you, least put him in defensive coach, Matt Todd. Oh. I'll tell you what, sack the defensive coach. Oh, okay, man. 29 minutes past six o'clock. Tim, you've given us a call on the Ken Hutzai phone line. What do you got? Uh, I don't really care who they get. I mean, that guy from St. Helens sounds like he might be a shot, but... They just they just keep recruiting mediocre coaches, and they need someone amazing. And if they have to wait and wait and wait till they get that guy or girl, whatever, but they just need to wait because you know, like when Brown came to us, he had a twenty six percent win rate. Like, why would you even employ someone like that? And it was the same thing with McFadden. Todd Payton was a good shout, but he uh, he just didn't stick around for very long. And now look what he's doing with the Cowboys. Like, we we just can't seem to a get a decent coach and b retain it. Yeah, look, Tim, and I think what I, I think what they need to do is they they actually need to put people in place that know what they're talking about when they select the coach, as opposed to Cam George and, and Mark Robinson. I, I I heard that Nathan Brown was signed over a phone call. You know, there was no there were other people that wanted to come to well, the wasn't, club. Wasn't the story was, at the time why he had good chat? Yeah, it was a good chat. So yeah, thought we'd put him in place. You know, so wow. but you need a. I, I agree with you 100, percent Tim. I think you need a, to to set some criteria and really bide your time to get the right one. Well said, and anyone can talk a good game, but you know if you've got a 26 percent win ratio at multiple clubs, don't sign them. Yeah. Hey, like like my son said, like my son said to me last night, Tim. Dad, you can finally pass that wooden spoon on. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky bugger. Uh, what, a, what a great day for the Kemps. Um, and, and look, I'd love to know, we, you know the other morning we were talking about the board of directors at the Warriors and who actually has the power and who's the decision making? Like, do you not think that after this many misses they should actually get an external 
a panel to do that make this decision for them like do you not think after a few wild swings and misses maybe cam george and mark robinson actually need help to make this call and would that be such a bad thing to find somebody or find some people that can actually sit on this panel process with them i don't even know what the process is needs to get back in the office and run all tech and just let them coach and let them run in a a team a culture and build that like honestly take a backwards step if he hasn't seen that now we'll never see it well he's an alpha male is he doesn't matter is he male he's come out and said i I do it for the fans what thought for the fans yeah, as he's at hundred percent right, and you need you need people that are resilient enough to say, look, listen, Mark, just just sit down, you know, mm. this let let people that know what they're do- like. Um, am I going to come in and tell you how to run Altex? No, hell no, mm. hell no. That's exactly right. Look, twenty nine away from seven. Keep your messages coming through on double eight, double three. Shane Flanagan. Somebody says the Walker brothers haven't coached since twenty nineteen, but we need to try something different. That's from Dan. Appreciate your message, Dan. Why not now? I hear you loud and clear. We'll keep getting through your messages throughout this hour and actually the morning after 8 o'clock. We're just going to go full. We're going to get into it. We're going to go all the way to town on everything rugby league because it's actually State of Origin Day. And this is the showcase. This is the centrepiece of rugby league. After this, loveracing.nz. Matamata, they're running today, and I've done the form, and you're going to be very disappointed. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Aroha, for the news update. We're going to have our loveracing.nz update shortly. You're home for everything thoroughbred racing. But we're going to read a couple of text messages, Kempi, just uh, on the Warriors. A couple of coach suggestions coming in. And this one, Stacey is the man. Keep the locals in there. Piss off all the Aussies and choose the whole team and staff from our local players. He's very passionate, Jimmy. That is from Jimmy. And Stacey, that is the question too, Uncle. Can we pick from home? Have we got calibre of coaches here that can fulfil that role and take the Warriors to where they need to go? It's all well and said saying that, but have we got the players and other coaches here? Yeah, look, I, I, personally, I think we have. I think we've got really good coaches. You know, Richie Blackmore, his name was mentioned a few times. He's done some good things. Um, yep. A number of young coaches coming through the grades. The problem that we don't have is over here is we don't have a structure where we coach the coaches so that we yeah. can create better players and get them to stay in, and have competitions to get them to stay in New Zealand. Mm. So, you know, the biggest the biggest part of being a coach is, is your development structure and recruitment underneath it. And Frank Endicott touched on that yesterday when he spoke about um, but this being a really good time to reset the club. Like, clean out all the yeah. dead wood. Clean out mm. all, you know, look at your coaching structures, look at your recruitment strategy. There's a lot of people that have been at this club for 20 years. You know yeah. what I mean? Or, or right from the t- right from the top down to the bottom. And I think Frank, I think Frank has, has really hit the nail on the head. They need, they need a reset and they need to, they need to get people in who aren't afraid to say, this is what we need to do. And they, and build a structure and system that, that coaches, coaches and retains players. That's the most important thing. Yeah, I was listening to Frank's uh, comments yesterday as well, just talking about get, just clear it all out. Let's start again, start from the top, go through, just get out all the cracks and crinks that's in in the back room and start again. Um, he touched on um, Maguire, and, and I heard Tim Sheems talking about Maguire as well, saying, look, Maguire's not a bad coach. 
he's not a bad coach. Just the what he was doing there just didn't fit what they were able to do. He's able to coach. So his name's been touted to potentially coming back here. What's your thoughts on that? Probably not, eh? Probably, probably not. Look, I, I don't think there's a bad coach. I think, mm. I think the problem is that there's bad clubs and bad mm. structures and bad systems in place. And a coach goes in there and he gets basically, um, I get, I, I guess he gets murdered in, other, in, in, in retrospect because he's trying to do something and he can't, he can't last the turmoil. And I think what you what you're looking at is not you're not sacking bad coaches. Yeah. You're just you're just you're ending their careers because the club's in turmoil. West Tigers are no different than the Warriors. They're having they're having massive issues. So, you know, if you want to get a good coach here, then this we've asked the people today to, to dial in and tell us who they are, then then think about a coach that can actually step up, stand up to the people and mm. implement. Yeah. That's that's what I'm uh, I'm kind of heading towards too. And look, I don't know this this guy by Bath. So you know, like Christian Wolf, I've heard great things about him. And one thing that really points me towards him is he's coached in the Pacific. He understands the Pacific. He understands the identity that they're trying to create. So I feel if he's able to do that there, he could be a genuine fit uh, for the Warriors going forward. If there is an option to go outside of New Zealand, um, someone like Christian Wolf. Who has been, you know, earmarked of last day or two just to potentially as an option, someone like him could could maybe fulfil that role. Again, I'll, I'll I'll reinforce the point. I don't think it's the coaching. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't think it's the coaching. Do you think Wayne Bennett would put up with it? Do you no. think Craig Bellamy would put up with it? Do you think no. Trent Robinson would put up with it? What would they no. say? Say, mate, it's my way, or I'm gone. They mm. don't. They won't wait for you to make a decision. And that's who we're trying to look at. Someone like that. Yeah, completely agree, Kempe. I think you've hit the nail on the head. I don't think the coaching's the issue. And that's why I actually thought it was unfair. I saw some people getting stuck into Nathan Brown yesterday. Maybe Nathan Brown didn't do the world's best job while he was there. Maybe he wasn't a great fit. Is that Nathan Brown's fault? No. And I actually don't have an issue with Nathan Brown walking out and saying, putting his family first. We're speaking about family first. Well, that's what he's done. He's pretty happy about it, isn't he? Very, very, <laughs> very happy. He's relieved. Uh yeah. Blood pressure goes down. There's been a more relaxed coach to partying a club than Nathan Brown. We haven't seen it. Very happy with the outcome, mate. Very, very happy. Very happy. <laughs> 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 the Sydney Press is saying there's been a more relaxed coach. He's, got, he's on Mad Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. This Matt, week. Do you reckon he's getting paid out? A hundred percent. I don't. Yeah, I'm not too sure about that one, but at least it's not going to be a. Oh, a salary cap killer like Matt Walsh. Uh, Matt, Matt, not Matt Walsh. Sorry. Matt Lodge. Hey, shout out the breakers, not Matt Lodge. Reese Walsh climbing buildings, Matt Lodge being an idiot. Here we go. Loveracing.nz. Today we are at Wednesday Mat- Philip. Matamata. Mata, and today's not the day. Oh. <laughs> I told you you weren't going to like it. Today's not the day. It's really? a heavy 10. It's raining down there. I went Ruffies through, galore. I've went through. I've been through the field a couple of times, and I am really struggling to find something to tip out with any sort of confidence today. Of course, there's going to be winners, and of course, people and your mate that works on the building site eight blocks down is going to tip you one. And it's just not me today. Today's not me. I've had a look. I've got one or throw out each way, but you're gonna to have to wait till race seven. So you've probably lost all your money by then. Tickle Me Elmo, each way, number three. I think Tickle Me Elmo probably should have won more races by now. 
Uh, Alamosa gelding for Rachel Masters. I always keep an eye on it when it pops up in winter. It gets through heavy tracks, not an issue. Lindsay Sadley from Barrier 8. The draw won't be an issue today. But generally across the card, and by the way, Millie Fiore, my mate has a share in Millie Fiore, so he'll be pissed off about uh, me tipping. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty competitive race. There's She's Apples in that same race who's got the really light weight down there. Um, maybe I'd back She's Apples for a place as well as Tickle Me Elmo. It's just a hard day at Matamata. There's a nice Savabelle filly going around. I just don't know what race. I think she was nominated for a couple of them. Savvy 2, Opie Boston will ride for... Um, Mark Walker in the Tiakau stable. So she's run a couple of nice races, and you'd imagine she should be able to get through the heavy, uh, being a Savabeel, getting up over a little bit more distance. But, yeah, real tough day, heavy track. I, I'd be very wary if you're having a big dabble today. That, that's my expert analysis of Matamata, is he? So, uh, fair enough. Sorry. This is going, come on, Louis, give me something. I don't want to be responsible. Tickle me, Alma will get a little tickle, I reckon. Jeez. <laughs> uh, 18 away from 7. 0800 Keep your messages coming in about who is the next Warriors coach, but also give us a call and play Quizzy Dag. Willem and Travel is sending somebody to the Goldie 500. All you got to do, play Quizzy Dag and win it, and you could be in that draw. On your radio Giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast Five questions for the win Supercars on the line 0800-150-811, you're mine it's Quizzy Dag, give it a go. It's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Dag, who knows the most. It's Quizzy Dag, we're going to the go-go. Man, get that guy a record label, please. <laughs> Someone get him a deal, get him a deal. Give me a deal, <laughs> sign him up. How good, that's only his fourth song he's ever released anyway david morning oh morning 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 david you're up first bud good luck here we go question number one how many times did stacy jones captain the kiwis oh. can i have a clue please yeah yeah dave here we go stace is always known as our best number seven Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> yeah. right, Question number two. Matt Todd is returning to the country to help Canterbury, uh, Coach Canterbury. Which Japanese team is he returning from? Uh, oh, me. No, don't know, brother. You don't know, brother? Sorry. No, sorry. sorry. I'll talk to you tomorrow, David. Thanks very much for calling in, mate. Appreciate it. Anton, morning. Morning, bro. How are you? 
Yeah, morning, good morning. Anton. Good luck, brother. Matt Todd is returning to the country to help coach Canterbury. Which Japanese team did he play for? Is it uh, the Brave something? Brave, yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, I'll yeah, give you that. Okay. I'll give you that. So, Chiba Brave Lupus Tokyo. Well done. Question number three. The All Whites are set to play on home soil for the first time since 2017. Who did they last play in NZ? Oh, got a clue there, Uncle. Yeah, just and think about this. He's our New Zealand uh, basketball coach, Cameron. What's his name? Head off, so I'm going with Peru. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Kimmy. <laughs> well, well done, Anton. Here we go. Question number four. Which sport will Kiwi Anton Down Jenkins represent NZ in for the Commonwealth Games? Oh, you got to ask for a clue for this one. <laughs> oh, God, Ed, you got a good run. I got Kinners and Powers. But but before but, but, but before but, 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 but. <laughs> Hey, just a quick joke. This my I was listening to my um, niece saying to um, my couple of my little nephews and nieces talking to their father, they said, Oh, how come how come our sister's got a great name like Rose? And he said, Shut up, Kinners and Power <laughs> Uncle man. Uncle <laughs> You can't be going out and giving out two clues because you want to tell your story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speed it up. All right, here we go. Which player leads the ANZ Premiership in most goals scored? Oh. Uh, loves fishing. Oh, God. <laughs> loves fishing. That's a tough one. Um, I like to think of as Nwiki, but I think she's been injured. Yeah, sorry, sorry, mate. Sorry, Anton. Have a good day, brother. Appreciate it. Brett from Hudley. He'll get this. Put in a Brett. Oh, uh, well, I like powers. <laughs> <laughs> we all love powers. Which player leads to ANZ Premiership? Most gold scored? Well, I don't know. Uh, Amelia Rand? No, no. It's not Amelia Rand. Sorry, Brett. We'll chat to you tomorrow. Brenton? Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Which player leads to Anzi Premiership? Most goals scored. I don't know. Either Tapari, Shelby Rickett, maybe? No, it's not Shelby Rickett. Sorry. We're going to go to Richie from Upper Hut. Morning, Richie. Morning, Izzy. Morning, um, morning. Georgia Fisher. Dole. There you go. <laughs> Bang. The English. Well done, Richie. Nice. Thanks very much, mate. You're in the draw. Nice stuff, Richie. Sharp work from you. Perfect timing as always. Thanks to Willamette Travel. You could be going to the Goldie 500 and Kempe's going off the back fence after this. Fence with Tony Kemp. Well, 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 well. What a day it was yesterday. Yes, the little general has been given the top job, and I think this is a master stroke by Cam George. Not because Stace is the answer to our coaching troubles, but because it stops the flow of negativity around the club at the moment. Given the current turmoil the club has gone through losing players and a head coach who don't want to return to New Zealand, Cam George has played his trump card. Yes, Stacey Jones, to arrest these decisions which have destroyed the confidence of the nation and in what this club is doing. It got me thinking, though, is who has got the most to lose? The club or Stace? In my opinion, Stacey Jones has jumped on a lame horse in this year's NRL race. Why? 
because he loves his horse more than any other in the race. Stacey Jones is the Warriors, and while he knows the task ahead is a tough one, he's willing to put his mana on the line to hold the club together before they return back to Aotearoa. What a true champ. Finally for me, Cam George and Mark Robinson need to fix the problem ASAP before the train wreck sucks up our champion of champions, Stacey Jones. Yes, a master stroke, but for who? All they have done is papered over some serious cracks, and I'm concerned that if they don't hire the right person to run this club in the future, my mate will just become another coaching st statistic when he deserves way more than that. Stacey Jones, more than just the game. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. This yeah. whole situation, but I think we can't judge Stacey Jones being thrown into into the deep end in this situation. He's an absolute legend. Love that. Passionate as always, Kempe. Well done, brother. Appreciate it. Um, we'll react to that throughout the 8 o'clock hour as well. I'd love to chat about Stacey Jones and the whole situation. Coming up, we're going to talk to Alex Mitchell. He's a champion. He's golf.com uh, uh, founder. We'll chat to him shortly. I'm going to get you a coffee now. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. 15% off the Metamutal range at Chemist Warehouse. Now starting from just 1869. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ Wednesday, the 8th of June. Yes, it's Wednesday. I'm just debating whether I'm going to go hit the golf course and test this foot out. Still got my stitches in. Still uh, bandages. Get out there. But it might be all right, Uncle. They breed them tough. They breed them tough down here, <laughs> Uncle. We're going to get out there and give it a whirl. You'll be Speak. on the golf cart. Don't talk about walking. Oh, 100% I'm in the golf cart, mate. No way. I don't know how people walk golf courses. Do you anyway. one of those robots that swing the club for you too? Yeah. yeah. Well, Izzy, at least that means that you could maybe go for a swim for uh, live ocean uh, winter dip in the pond searching for one of your bulls at Clearwater. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. There'll be plenty in that pond, and it is very, very cold at the moment. Yes, I'll do that. We've got Blair Chute coming up later on in the show, and it is World Oceans Day today. Ocean Day, uh, celebrating the oceans and trying to keep them healthy and vibrant going forward for the future. Um, and Blair Chute is an absolute champion and advocate uh, for, for our oceans. So looking forward to chatting to him at about 8.40ish. We're going to talk to Bruce Sherrick too, lads. Big news in the New Zealand racing world. The stakes money has been raised. 300000 minimum for Group 1s. Awesome, awesome news here uh, in, in the horse racing scene for New Zealand. You see, yesterday they announced over in Australia their stakes. Oh, you see that news? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the uh, Melbourne Carnival, so they're pretty much like stuck a million wow. dollars on every Group One race. Look, it's um the worst thing you can do is try and compare New Zealand's nah, nah. racing situation to Australia's because it'll just it'll just make you cry a little bit. And it's they are just thriving can, over there, eh? They are thriving, and it's it's aspirational, if mm. not anything. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, get this, get this. Dustin Johnson, his Instagram handle, DJ Johnson PGA. <laughs> oh man so he's just posted his first post on his uh instagram page and it's got golf but louder l-i-v golf and then i've gone through the comments and they said hey uh mate you, you might want to change your username it's tj johnson pga so it's a interesting scenario coming up i'm gonna read a few texts on the text machine keep those messages coming through who do you think can coach the Warriors, there's a few names being touted. Christian Wolf would be a great option, doing great things in Super League, used to living in a place that is in Australia, and he did wonders with the Tongan team. So might get our Polynesian and Māori culture a bit better. Also heard some great discussions around the Walker Brothers, which are names that you've already spoken about there. Uncle, I loved your um, off-the-back fence talking about Stacey Jones, and that was kind of my only worry. Like, for me, the greatest warrior of all time. The greatest warrior of all time, yeah, hands down. Is the is you know mm. is rugby league in this country? You know yep. what I mean. I said to him last night. You know, Benji Marshall, Mark Graham, uh, yes, fantastic people. But Stacey Jones sitting in this country is the Warriors. Is the is rugby league in this country? And mm. uh, yeah, I just uh, deja vu for me, mate. He's picking up. He's picking up the pieces. Yeah, and and good on him. You know, mm. but you know he's. Um, he needs to be protected because it can suck you up and spit yeah. you out. I, I feel like the the general public, we are passionate, but I feel like they know that he has been thrown into this situation and, you know, he's not going to walk away from a team that he that he loves and he, and he relishes and he cherishes so much. So he's going to take this opportunity on. I just think, yeah, we've got to kind of support him, back him. Um, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be times when we're going to be, you know, on the show again talking about what's going on, but... Yeah, we've got to give him the utmost of support. That's the least we could do for, for Stacey Jones and, and what he's provided to the New Zealand league scene. Uh, right now, we're going to talk some golf. It's not often a sports premier and established league is on by a rival, even less so to a rival with a warm fountain of cash. But that's what the PGA Tour is facing as a Saudi-backed LRV golf tees off this weekend with their first event in London. The names aren't the absolute biggest. But they certainly have made a splash. Nine figures for golfers will do that. And how the PGA Tour responds is now an interesting proposition. Alex Michali sorry, is <laughs> had a lifetime of covering golf. He founded golf.com, and you can read him on Sports Illustrated, among other places now. And he's on the line. Morning, Alex. No problem. Hey, uh, mate, huge news, obviously, coming out with Dustin Johnson, the latest... Uh, to join the LOV, they are gaining some momentum. What's what's your take on the whole situation with the LOV and the PGA scenario we're facing at the moment? Well, do you have a couple hours, or is this just a short little conversation? <laughs> um, I, I I think what we I think what we definitely have is a um, a situation where we have two strong groups that are fight, that are literally fighting now for the soul of what professional golf is going to be, not in the United States, but over in the world. And um, one group, which is the LIV group, 
which is led by Greg Norman, uh, has a tremendous amount of money. Mm. I mean, we can't even we couldn't even explain how much money this group can has can tap into. And you got the PGA Tour that for years has been the 500 pound gorilla that anytime they wanted to do something, they get they pretty much got it done. But now that's not the case. They're up against a what I would say is an equal foe. And I think in the end, there's going to have to be some kind of deal made because I don't think one's going to be able to overtake the other. I just think it's going to be a it would be a bloody it would be a bloody war if they did that. I think mm. cooler heads at some point are going to prevail, and they're going to come up with some kind of solution. But in the meantime, it's going to be tremendous press and copy that we're going to be dealing with over the next. I would say probably three to six months. Hey, Alex, do you think the standard of golf, you know, with the lack of players that they can they can get to come out to LIV, uh, is really going to make a difference to whether or not it goes ahead? I, I do. Um, I think that's the whole point. I think if you're the LIV people, your goal is to stay around as long as you can and get more and more people interested. And when I was at Memorial this week and talking to players, and I was shocked by this, no matter who I talked to, veterans, guys I never would have thought would have been to talking to them, younger guys, they all were, were interested in learning more. We're, we have the door open to talk with them. Doesn't mean we're going to go, but we're interested in talking to them. And I think if you're, if you're the PGA Tour and you hear basically that almost Every one of your members is it willing is willing to at least listen. I think that's a problem for the PGA Tour. Yeah, it's it's a huge problem. We've had Dustin Johnson, we've had Kevin Na, we've had some big names that have already made the switch at the moment. Is there anyone you're kind of expecting that you, you're kind of hearing whispers that potentially might make the move? And and you know he's getting paid 150 million, Dustin Johnson, so he's got 150 million reasons to go, but. Anyone else that potentially could go and maybe cripple the PGA? Well, you, I'm assuming you know too about Phil Mickelson. Obviously, was over yeah. now, reportedly, and, and I hate to report these numbers because I don't know where we, I don't know where anybody's getting this information. But mm. the reported number now on Phil Mickelson is 200 million or 200 million plus. I heard just before I got on here with you guys that Bryson DeChambeau is the next to go and that he's going to announce sometime this weekend. Now, in talking to Bryson, to us, he, he basically waved it off and said, no, I'm not, I don't have any plan on doing anything. However, in talking to some players that have spent some time with Bryson, he was kind of complaining and moaning about the fact that, you know, he caught a lot of grief when he first started talking about this, and he decided to back down. But the question is, why back down if it's all about money for you, which it was for him? So if he can renew those conversations and get something like Dustin Johnson money, why not get that Dustin Johnson money and then play for what potentially is $4 million a, a, a tournament? And that's an eight tournament of season. What happens when it goes to 14 events or 12 events or whatever? I mean, the money they're playing for is outrageous. There's no question about that. And I know we all talk about There's a lot of people are talking about, oh, it's, from a political standpoint, it's money coming from a bad organization and the, 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 the Saudis are bad and this and that and everything else. And is that all they care about is money? Well, these guys make a living. This is what they make their living at, playing golf, professional golf. Are you suggesting 
they should limit their ability to earn because you think they shouldn't be dealing with this group or that group or because they're getting too much money or because the PGA Tour, who really doesn't care about them, according to them, you know, should they should have some kind of alliance with them or feel an allegiance to them. So I think it's a, I think at the end of the day, when you're talking about this much money, it is very, 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 very hard to say no. So PGA, they're faced with a bit of a dilemma at the moment. What do you think they're going to do? How are they going to react to all this? Will they have to dig into their own pockets, raise the stakes, find some money, offer contracts to certain players, some big numbers? Uh, do we see that ha- uh, happening with the PGA? Well, I think the PGA kind of got tossed the curveball just recently when all these players that are American players, um, well, not just American players, uh, but all the PGA Tour members pretty much decided to resign their membership. Before it was kind of like, well, what are they going to do to me? They could suspend me. They could ban me. They could find me. Now it's like, you can't do anything to me because I'm no longer a member. And I think that is a problem for the PGA Tour. They're thinking they could somehow force these guys back. It's not going to happen. They've resigned their memberships. So if they resign their memberships, they're no longer under the PGA Tour umbrella. So that's a problem for the Tour. How do they handle, you know, that kind of situation? How are they going to handle these guys that are on the fence? They don't really know what to do with that. I mean, I've heard players say, we've gone to the PGA Tour, and I've told them specifically, if the number is X, I'm leaving. Which means if I'm going to get a signing bonus for X or Y, I'm out of here. The tour can't beat that. They can't match that. And you're hearing that from player after player. So what do they do? I mean, I'm I'm at a loss. I'm actually at a real loss because right now the USGA has basically said these players are going to be able to play at the US Open next next week. The RNA, I don't think, is going to change their stance. I don't believe. So now that's two majors that you don't have to worry about. So you got the two other majors you do have to worry about. Well. Augusta is not for nine months from now. So they're, or eight, whatever it is, 11 months, whatever it may be. So they have time to kind of figure through this. There's a lot that's going to happen in the next six, seven, eight, nine months. The tour is not going to get the support that they would hope they would have gotten from the USGA, the RNA. And so then in turn, the players are like, well, look, we play eight weeks. We play four majors. That's, you know, that's 11 weeks for us. That's all I need. I don't need to play anymore. I've got a chance to make a boatload of money playing in 11 weeks. I got a nice big signing bonus. So what can the tour do? I think they're very, very limited now. Yeah, mm. Alex, and, and the question is, like, what is it that they've got to lose? You know, the, the PGA. Well, no, one, no one actually knows what it is that they're fighting for when we know that these players have this massive check being waved in front of their face saying, well, come and get some money over here. Is it is it that... Uh, is it about media rights? Is it about just legacy? What is it that they they are fighting for here, the PGA? Well, they're, I think they're fighting for their survival. Mm. I think that's how they see this. They're fighting for their survival, and um, they don't understand. They don't seem to be willing. In fact, they're not willing at this point to have any conversations with the with the live group to try to find a way to make this thing work where they could work together because they're not clearly listening to their players. Their players, their players aren't necessarily money hungry. 
they're they're more than comfortable with the money they're playing for. They want some transparency in their relationships with the PGA Tour. They want to limit. They want to eliminate to some extent the amount of events they have to play in. So, as an example, let's take Adam Scott, which is down there. I know he's not New Zealand from New Zealand, but Adam's from Australia. You know, Adam wants to play 15 events. He has no problem playing in FedEx, the FedEx Cup. But when the FedEx Cup championship is over in end of August, beginning of September, he does not want to be forced to have to play in the rest of September and October and November and half of December. He doesn't want the season to start back up until January. So he doesn't want to play these ball, ball events. If he wants to keep his card currently under the current system, he has to play in these ball events because he has to get points. He doesn't want to do that. And he's not the only one. Now, at some point, you become interested in something other than playing professional golf for a living. You have kids. You have a family. You want to do other things. You, you are very hamstrung. I know it's hard to believe as much money as you're playing for, but you're hamstrung in regards to what your life can be like if you're a professional golfer, the way the system works now. That's why the live situation gives them such so much more flexibility, and they see that flexibility. And you know what? It's not any different than what people have learned over time with the pandemic. Look what happens now when I don't have to go into the office. I can just work from home. Look at the flexibility mm-hmm. I now have. Is there a reason why these people don't want to go back home or go back to the office? Yes. They don't want to give up their freedom. They're not mm-hmm. any different than any of these professional golfers are right now. Oh, you're making a hell of a lot of sense here, and it's all all aligning. They've got the the formula right. It's the LIV. Um, quickly before we let you go, Alex, we appreciate you coming on the show. Is there one golfer? Is there one name that you feel if they made the switch, it could really cripple the PGA? I threw it out on the text machine yesterday. I've got one in mind, but have you got someone? If they go, it's 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 doom day for the PGA. Well, if not if not Tiger which mm. he has said he's not, and I believe yep. him. It would have to be Rory. Yes. And if Rory McIlroy decided to make the switch, that would make the difference to me. Really, Rory McIlroy or Jordan Spieth, either one of those two. And I think you have to remember, you know, from, from my standpoint, covering this tour for 25 years, there's only so many needle movers that are out there. Tiger's one, even though he's not playing. Rory's one. Jordan's one. Bryson DeChambeau to a to a a point as, as one as well. You start getting needle movers, and there's not many, but if you get a needle mover to move, that's going to make a difference. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I was the same as you, Rory McIlroy, for me. If he left, wow, there's big, big news. Have you heard any whispers about those guys, Justin Thomas or Rory McIlroy, potentially thinking about it? No, I, Justin Thomas is not thinking about it. Rory McIlroy, you know, Rory McIlroy continues to slowly open the door a little more because he didn't, I think at the time he didn't, he didn't understand and didn't see where this could go and where it might go and where it's actually going now. I don't think it's, I think it's going to take a little while, but Rory McIlroy eventually I could see making that move. Beautiful, beautiful. Alex, we appreciate you coming on the show. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast and sharing your insights of the latest uh, scenario facing the PGA and the LIV golf tour. Thank you so much, Alex. Take care. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. It's time for the great selection. It's Izzy and Kempe's All Blacks 23.
Oh, yeah, this has quickly become one of my favourite parts of the morning every day. We are only ooh, 19, I think, shows away from the All Blacks playing the first test against Ireland. You've heard us bang on about it. This selection is the great selection. This might be the most important selection of the last decade or thereabouts. And yesterday, we were all about the second lock. Well, you know who picked up the honours? It's here. It's a first touch in the game. Whitelock. Sam Whitelock. Look at him go. Sam Whitelock. Please tell me this isn't happening. Is that your one, Louie? My goodness. <laughs> I think Louie picked that one, Kempi. <laughs> hey, emphatic. <laughs> of course. A landslide oh. of votes came through. Kiz, Kiz, you got your mic handy? How many votes, what percentage of votes do you reckon Sam Whitelock got on the Instagram? Oh, I'm horribly dyslexic, so I'm not good with percentages, but he got 17, 17 votes out of about 30, I think, so over half. Yeah, there you go. He dominated. Uh, like that 60 eh? metre try. Pain me to get a Crusaders clip, we'll say. Um, <laughs> thank you. So there you go. Brody Vitalik and Sam Whitelock packing down in the second row. Now, boys, today we are filling in our blind side. Now, this is so complicated because... And double A, double three, you're going to need to help us here. Blindside. You kind of can't pick your blindside without knowing what you're going to do with the rest of your Lucy's and kind of your bench makeup. Ethan Blackett is injury. Dalton Popoletti's injury creates spanners here. Izzy, you're the expert, so I'm just going <laughs> to handball it to you. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, look, there's uh, tomorrow and the next day, uh, seven and eight. That's where the real debate will be going. I think the six is quite easy at the moment, for me anyway, personally. I, I think... Um, when Akira Yuani got injured, I was worried. I was a little bit worried that maybe he'd uh, be away from the game. He injured his foot. He's done the same injury that I've done, uh, the Liz Frank. So I thought maybe he would lose a little bit of condition, uh, a little bit of fitness. But, mate, he's come back, and he just looked like he hasn't really missed the beat. So it's an easy one for me. I've gone off Akira Yuani. Uh, he's just bringing a real pre- presence. His dominating game on the weekend, he had 12 carries. Ten times he passed the game line. Ooh. So 90-plus percent, he's getting over the advantage line, getting them into good positions. Good set. Um, and just really uh, dominating with the ball in hand. But then off the ball, only eight tackles, but missed zero. So he's ticking both sides of the ball for me. He's a real influence. I think what I'm seeing from Kiriwani is, uh, is the six for me at the moment. One thing I'd love to see him do is just... I think it was like two years ago, they were playing the Wallabies in Australia, and he had just had a real mungle. It was in the wet game... He was pushing. No, we don't want him to push, but just had a real presence about them. We want our sixes to have a, you hate comparing, but Jerome Kano kind of presence. Don't take a backward step, just real. Those are the players in that six jersey that really stamped the mark with attitude. So, Kitty, you want if you can go there, that's my six. You, Uncle? Yeah, I like him. I like him, but I would have him on the bench coming off as an impact player. I think um, you're dead right. You need to have someone around there that, you know, Jerome's a template, isn't he? Um, mm. Just tough and uncompromising and. He's got an engine on him. I think Artie Sevilla is my six. Oh, whoa! Yeah, Ooh, uncle. Yeah, yeah. I think you. I think you put. I think you put Artie back to the side of the scrum and put him on a six and give him the, the. I, I guess the latitude to roam around and just just play that game without worrying about leading from the back of the scrum. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you've got enough. You know, Scotty Barrett can play on the back of the scrum, potentially. But you know, so I, I think the one you you can't um, dismiss because of how well they're going is Hoskins Tutu. 
Um, you know, he's he's leading the, the Blues around the field. I like the game they played against the Brumbies and, you know, the aggressive uh, Brumbies back three, uh, loose mm. forwards. I think they they really have stuck it to the New Zealand teams this year. And I think having Artie at six and and Hoskins at the back, um, for me, with Akira coming off the bench is a good mix. I am so excited Ooh. to see the rest of your loose forward makeup, then, Kimpy. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> that makes, makes things very interesting. Izzy, I have tried so hard... F- to, well, I haven't tried hard to not like his play, but I've given him not much credit throughout the years. Akira Yuani, I've said he's hot and cold, he's inconsistent. I've really not been a fan of actually both of the brothers. And mm. the, uh, unless Is that Rico's because they play the, for the Blues? No, no, no. I just, the I just struggle with oh, the consistency. The but last year on the India tour, it, it could not, you could not miss what Akira was doing. I mm. wanted to pick Ethan Blackadder. He's out. Yeah, he's injured. He's out. He's so injured. you can't. He's not involved. So yeah. you can't. It's um. He was my first choice. Second cab off the rank, Akira Yuani. He is, for me, the number six. Who is it? Your blindside flanker. Double eight, double three. Head to SCNZ underscore Instagram. You wait till we get number eight. Oh, I've got a nice one here for you. Cullen Grace. 28 away from eight. (laughs) 28 away from eight. Does he play for Canterbury, Cullen Grace? We'll be back. He's Crusaders, but it's not Cullen. Oh, Crusaders. Crusaders. Oh, Peter Gasol, call it. Oh, now I'm excited. 28 away from eight. We've got to go. You come back with your selections. Who is playing blindside in the great selection? After this, we will get some sports highlights, and then it'll be Bruce Sharkey's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. SCNZ, all right. It is 24. Seven minutes away from 8 o'clock this morning. Now, Australia's football team are in a 1v1 playoff against the United Arab Emirates right now. It is in the 78th minute. They are locked at 1-0. This is for a spot in the World Cup. So the Aussies, they are hanging on here. They desperately want to win this game as we do next Wednesday when we have our elimination game. After 8 o'clock this morning, we're going to talk all things rugby league. We're going to do all things Rugby League uh, with Kempi, and we're going to get stuck into it. We've got so many of your messages here. Someone wants to know how Kempi gets along with Cameron George. So there you go. We'll find out about how that, what that means uh, later on. But just to give you a little bit of what has is to come, Nathan Brown spoke to NRL 360 last night, Fox Sports, and he kind of explained his decision about why he is stepping back. I had the conversation about, I don't know, nine or ten days ago, and everyone sat on it for a while, and... Today, the news come as which I probably expected. Whether I'd won the last two games or not, Braith, I, mm. the news today would have come as it was because they're really good people. They know what they want and they're a club that's moving forward. So they're a club that's moving forward. This is the Warriors. Nathan Brown was no longer the mm. coach. Him and his family, his family, and do you know what? I actually I felt for him when he was talking about how his oldest kids didn't want to move yeah. to New Zealand and they'd been to 11 schools in 12 years. I kind of get it. It doesn't help that the club is right now going through a very, very tough patch because if you think about it, would you want to coach them? This was Nathan Brown on Channel 9 News in Australia last night. If there's been a more relaxed coach departing a club than Nathan Brown, we haven't seen it. Very happy with the outcome, mate. Very, very happy. <laughs> they, they obviously didn't see me when I departed. <laughs> Relief. Mate, rela- honestly, he would have just gone, that was a hell of a ride. That's right. Um, and Kimpy, later on, we're going to have to get you to talk to us. I'm not quite sure what the definition underbelly means uh, in regards to this scenario. So that was Cameron George in the press conference yesterday responding. A journalist name-checked you, Kimpy. 
He said, oh, Tony Kemp said that you've got a soft underbelly and this might play a part of it and, and Cam, kind of this look on Cam's face. So, hey, that goes into Mark's text about your relationship with him. We'll get to that a little bit later. And there's some good texts here on our, our um, blindside options, Izzy. Mm. Do, do, you, do, you, do you make much of Tom Robinson? He's a guy that's kind of always had his name thrown around. He's a bit of a flashy player. Mm. Yeah, I do. I'm a, I'm a fan of I'm Tom Robinson. Um, I know he was he was he was he got an opportunity to go into camp about two years ago, and he got injured, and and he hasn't really had any uh, opportunities to go back in. Look, I'm a fan of what about what he's doing. He's rangy, he's tough, he's a good line out option. You need someone that's a, a viable option in the line out, so he adds there. Um, whether he's your guy to, you know, to do the things that the six is after, yeah, I'm unsure. But, uh, you know, he's a, definitely a name. There's Callan Grace that's been touted. He's been in the All Blacks environment before. Had a pretty uh, quiet year last year with injury. But he got um, Crusaders Ford Player of the Year this year. So whether he's an option. With Ethan out, that just throws a real spe- a span of the word. Ethan would have been there. Whether that was six, whether that was eight, that's, that's an option. But, um, yeah, with him being out, there's only a couple realistic options. we got Artie with Uncle saying he's going to go six. We've got Akira. Who people are fans and then some aren't. And we understand that. Where's Shannon Frizzell? Frizzell had a game on the weekend. He's just come back from injury. Look, yeah, it's just whether the fitness. Fitness is available, whether he's had enough time under the day. Look, he's got a couple more weeks where he'll probably go play some club rugby. I'm sure Fozzie and that will tell him to get out there and start getting some some minutes under his belt. There are options, but for me, I I just think Akiriwari, with what he's done lately... Deserves that opportunity, coming back from injury and, and getting the job done. I think I think what you need is with the French and the Irish to pick these young teams that don't really care about the All Black brand and the history. You need young, a young, vibrant, um, aggressive, loose trio pack to keep up with those young fellas. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do tomorrow with open side because I don't even know where Dalton is at as far as his injury goes, and uh, it, it's a bit complicated. So we have to do a bit of research on that. It, the makeup of the bench then becomes interesting as well. We are 21 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Bruce Sharrick, CEO of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing, up after this. Plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. SENZ, and we're talking all things rugby league up after 8 o'clock. Uh, the Australians go 2 1 ahead against the UAE in their World Cup qualifier, and the goalkeeper's at halfway. So that's that. But right now, as we've said plenty of times on this show, one of the keys to unlock New Zealand's thoroughbred racing potential and is cycling some steady prize money increases into the pockets of those involved with the game. Now, that's exactly what NZTR announced yesterday with the minimum race to be run for $14,000. And at the other end of the spectrum, every Group 1 race in New Zealand be run for $300,000. It's a move that, in my opinion, should go down very well with the industry. And discuss it is CEO of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing, Bruce Sharrick. Morning, Bruce. How are you doing? Good morning, Lou. I'm good. Yourself? Yeah, loving it. Big just ask Bruce. Oh. <laughs> just ask Bruce. <laughs> I don't know who writes these questions. Um, first first question down is, who is just ask me named after? I don't know who put that there, but we just we need clarity once and for all. Look, I think there's been a bit of banter on this, Louis, and I'm going to be straight down the middle here. The bloke sitting beside you, the big guy, <laughs> him. Because there isn't a topic you can't ask him anything about that he can't provide an answer. Even if he knows nothing about it, he'll give you an answer. I just, I've been talking to all of our mates, Bull, and the next horse we get, we're just going to call it Just Talk To Me because we can't get hold of you anymore. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not by design either, mate. 
just one of those things at the moment. There's a lot of balls in the air. No, there is. There are a lot of balls in the air, and one of them was getting this prize uh, money increase across the line. How how much of an impact can this actually have, Bruce? Oh, look, fundamentally for me, Louis, is, is really want to instill some confidence into the industry that we're trending the right way. Um, you know, I don't think there's any magic silver bullet across the board, but what we're signalling here to the industry is is a couple of things. One is that I think if you look at the history, uh, over the last three years, we've grown sort of circa 30-odd percent, 39 percent. Um, over the last three years, we came off a base of 53 million in stakes in uh, FY17, and we'll probably end up close to 75 uh, in the budget for 23. So whilst, you know, it, it still is dwarfed by the Australian model and always will be, and we don't need to go down that rabbit hole, it's significant growth and it's trending in the right direction. So for us, that's that's one of the major um, points I'd like to make. I think the other one is strategically how we've gone about this. Mm. Um, the industry, in my view, and the board's view, uh, needs to really showcase what it is as an event, as a sport. And by targeting our top 20 days, um, I think it gives us that opportunity to put our flag high and inject a lot of excitement into the industry and give people outside of racing a really good reason to come along and enjoy themselves and hopefully get attached to the industry itself. Uh, Bruce, where, where do you think the industry's at at the moment from, from your position? You've been in the role for now, nearly a year now. Uh, you feel like with this announcement, you know, like it's, they're in a good stead at the moment? Nearly a year. It's been eight weeks, mate. But anyway, <laughs> oh, I'm eight, eight weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Look. I, yeah. Look. Let's let's again. Let's let's reflect for two seconds. The fact is, mm. we've been a pan, through a pandemic. Um, we are one of the very few businesses that have come out in great shape. The TAB's done a good job in terms of generating uh, profitable revenue for us, which is our major lever of revenue. And we're in good shape to go forward. And not only have we injected money into stakes, but there's $10 million that we're putting aside to put into infrastructure. And I think we'd all agree, those that know racing, it's been underinvested for decades. And we need mm. to take a serious look to ensure that our tracks, the tracks in which we rely on so heavily to get our wagerers' confidence, are in the best shape it can be. So we're building a five-year infrastructure plan now to make sure that uh, we're addressing as best we can um, over the next five years, improving our track services right across the country. Hey, Bull, you've you've uh, got your feet under the table, mate. It's going to take a lot longer to, to really get the uh, the industry to a place that you're going to be happy um, with. But how how have everyone, I guess, taken to the changes and the and uh, you know the, the 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 future and what it looks like um, in your in in your, um, I guess, your strategy that you're trying to implement? Yeah, look, I think, you know, fundamentally, I think people are seeing it for what it is. There's always going to be a view, and it's challenging. Look, change is challenging to everyone. The fact of the matter is that for some, you know, it, it is a departure from what we've done in the past. In saying that, I, I need to stress, too, that this is year one of a two-year, three-year strategy. Next year, we really want to work mm. on the middle tier of our, of our business and start to uh, improve that as well. I mean, clearly through those stakes, and, and there's a bit of detail, and I won't go into it on this interview, but the reality is that, you know, Louis, you talked about 300 being the top and 14 now being minimum. There is a group of races at our iconic and premier events which are having minimums raised from 
50 to 70 and 40 to 50 respectively. That means that if you line up on any of those days, the minimum stake you'll race for is 50,000 or 70,000. So those are substantial increases too. And we're trying to we're trying to make sure that everybody across the industry has some sort of uh, victory, I guess, in terms of um, pushing the cash out. So, you know, other initiatives, we've got a $10 million, what we're calling a sustainable reserve fund that will really kick off in 23, 24. Um, and part of that, 50% of that, will go towards stakes on top of any other funding that the TAB generates for us as profit that we distribute through the business. So again, it's a, it's a way of not providing the industry with a sugar rush, which often isn't sustainable. It's about taking a prudent approach to making sure we get steady growth and everybody can see that the future is heading in the right direction. Yeah, exactly, Bruce. And that's why I use the word steady and gradual because there's no point and, and that sugar rush, I mean, look, we just saw what happened with the New Zealand economy and, and coming mm. out of COVID and, um, yeah, I, I know you know that this is not a one, two-year dash door dash kind of let's try and fix everything. Hey, just where are you at with your personnel at NZTR? Have you got, like, the right people around you now and the right people in the seats in the bus to make sure that you're running an efficient and competent governing body for the stakeholders? Because I know you've been right around the country and I know that you know the grumblings, fear or not, but where are you at with your people? Oh, look, I think, you know, at all, at all stages, Louis, you've got to review uh, to make sure that you've got the right people to do the right job. The thing I'd say to that is, I think the industry is evolving in that, you know, we, we've got to be part of the sports and entertainment environment as well as uh, honour the, the integrity of racing. And so as we move forward, you know, there's a number of things I'm working with staff with at the moment, looking at the ways that we can improve certain parts of our business. So, you know, I guess my personality is such that I'm never going to be happy. It's about constant improvement day after day. So on that front, you know, we're, we're all on the bus and we're all heading in the right direction. Um, but there's always work to do. That's the best way I can sum that up. Ah, beautiful. Great to chat to you today, mate. And as you said, there's lots in between. If anyone wants to see all the details, you can head to my Twitter or at a later time we'll go through exactly where those prize money increases do come in at all the starting points. And a great point you make about, you know, a maiden racer, a rating, 60, well, a rating 65, I'm pretty sure they run mm. on iconic meets, running for that big prize money. What a thrill that is for owners, trainers, jockeys, stakeholders. It's great stuff. So appreciate you coming on this morning and well done getting this underway. Uh, it's exciting times. Cheers, Bruce. Thanks, Louis. Thanks, guys. Have a good day, eh? There you go. Bruce Sharrick, CEO of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing. Your mate, Kempi. Yeah, like, obviously, busy as, like mm. you said, lots of balls he's juggling at the moment. I wanted to ask a question about Cam George because, you know, you have, on one, one side of the paper you're reading about Stacey Jones and Nathan Brown being sacked, and then on the other you've got Cam George talking about as chairman of New Zealand Racing, uh, all these changes that, are, that have happened, and, and uh, you know, you're talking about juggling, you know, these mm. balls. How... You know, Bruce was a man, the sale, now he can concentrate on NZ, NZR. I wonder what Cam George is doing. You know, does he does he, does he he retain both roles or is he shifting out of one? So um, I'll have to ask him that privately. I think it's a mate, big job that they both got, got going on at the moment. Beautiful stuff. We are seven minutes away from eight this morning. After this, well, it's uh, at the same time every week. We do get a little bit of an update from the farm. I don't know if he's got any <laughs> cattle running around. I'm sure he's got a war story for us from oh. Country Clicks. Like <laughs> seven for eight. <laughs> Izzy and Kempe are country clueless. Well, there's nothing really 
to come back with on the country clues front, but there's a little bit of a debate here at the moment, boys, and you might be able to help me out with the situation that's in front of me. <sighs> Tilly. You know Tilly loves my... Uh, she runs my household, and whatever Tilly says pretty much goes at this moment. I've got a situation. She goes to uh, horse lessons every Tuesday. <laughs> yes. She gets... She goes and rides a pony down the road. She loves it. She's seen all the stables. She's seen the whole arena set up. She's come home and she's put it into her mother's mind that we need a stable and arena dead. So I need your help. <laughs> no. What do I do? Oh. <laughs> nah. I thought you were going to ask Justin to build it. Nah. I thought you were going to say, should I get a racehorse? Yes. <laughs> should, look, should, should, uh, uh, look I've, I've gone down the selfish racehorse um, situation. I've got one. I've got one. I'm only going to have one. But do I fold... And get a horse arena, or just you know, just get a horse to leave. Yeah, Look, I know they cost an arm leg, uncle. You don't need an arena. And I, don't, I don't have a house in Kitty Kitty. Mate, but let me tell you, I'm going to just tell you. Have you got okay. a dog? No, you got a cat, eh? Yeah, I got a dog. I got a dog. Uh, is it a small dog or big dog? Big dog. Oh, which means big bags, eh? And well, with a horse, big, 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 big dog. Oh. <laughs> All day long, someone has to clean that up. Okay, I'm going to gonna put my foot down, Uncle. No horses, no ponies in my house. You heard that here. <laughs> All right, that's enough. <laughs> Coming back, we're going to talk some rugby league. This is your chance to talk about the Warriors back shortly. I'm going to go get another McCafe. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Shop Maxi Clear from Chemist Warehouse for cold and flu relief. Get 30 tablets for just $6.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ Wednesday, the 8th of June, just after 8 o'clock. I'll put my foot down. There's no horse coming to my house, I tell you. I've made that. I'm making a staunch stance here. <laughs> All right, not doing it, Uncle. Can't wait to see it. I can't wait for Tilly to walk into the camera <laughs> shop. <laughs> no, putting my foot down, putting my foot down. I'm the boss of this house. Anyway, we're going to talk some Warriors in the next hour. It is at the well, forefront of everyone's mind. What's going on? Stacey Jones, take it out. I'm going to read a few messages. Good morning, team. I think, first of all, they need to give a Stace a new defence coach and as for long term, take their time and choose wisely. That is from Dave from Karaka. A wise message from Dave. Another one from Zane. Guys, with all that's going on at the Warriors... I'm going to be most pissed off if SJ comes out and starts playing properly now that he succeeded in pushing Ooh, Brown out. Does he know something we don't? Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That is a great message there from, from Zane. Another one. Just wondering, Kempi, 
how do you and Cameron George get on? That is from Mark. We'll get to that very shortly, Kempi. We'll get you to react to that. But right now, we've got Dave on the line. And this is your chance to give us a call on the Kennard Tire phone line. Anything worries, 0800 150 811. Dave, you there? Oh, good morning, brothers. Good um, morning. First of all, I'd just like to um, congr- congratulate Stacey Jones on getting the gig. Um, hopefully all our fans can get around him and hopefully he can get some wise men around him like you, Kempi. Um Second of all, um, Uncle talked about earlier this year about um, getting a, a named player um, for the team, you know, getting the spine of the team. I'm just looking at for instance, um, the Cowboys, uh, Jason Samalolo. Um, look where they come in the last couple of years. Um, they may not win the competition this year. Probably in the next couple of years they might have a chance. And um, thirdly, um, the recruitment. Um, I just think um, get rid of the recruitment officers that are trying to get the young players on the team are trying to get a named player over here because they're not doing their job. Like earlier this year, Kempi was, uh, uncle was actually watching the uh, under-20s uh, rugby league team this year, a competition, and I was watching it too. And the players in there, the under-20s players in there were awesome. But then, like Uncle said, he said they went back to uh, rugby or uh, back to school, play rugby or whatever. And... Also, I was looking at under-20s rugby uh, competition too as well, and there's some good players in there. Mm -hmm. That's why I I was thinking, what was Kim and George thinking about when you said they got some young up-and-coming players coming into the squad, and I was thinking, where are they? Mm. You know, where are they? I just don't know where they are. So that's my point anyway. Love it. Yeah, Dave. Very Mm. good, very good. And you're dead right. You know, we don't have pathways. So, you know, there's, there's... a couple of parts that are, are not working very well. One's the New Zealand Rugby League that advertises for kids to come and play in national competitions as opposed to building through the provinces. Uh, where are you from, Dave? Oh, from Palmerston North. Yeah, and this, and, is, and this is a prime yeah, example. Yeah, yeah. Mid-Central mid Zone put a, put a post yeah. up on Facebook to say, hey, boys, come and play in our national team. Mm. You know, not, not, not go to work and put a Palmerston North... Uh, uh, age group competition through there so that they can build a team that plays against Taranaki and Hawke's Bay, which is in your zone. It's a it's a yeah. really big piece of the puzzle that's missing. And the NZRL, instead of picking up big paychecks, need to get out in the provinces and do their job. Oh, exactly right. Because Palmerston was so, was so staunch in rugby league uh, years ago. Now it's sort of like there's no one running around. They're all going down to Wellington or... Mm. Going to Taranaki or going to Hooks Bay, I think. I'm not quite sure because I'm not, not into, the, um, into the league committee or whatever, whatever they do. But all these players, mate, it's just, we've got players galore in New Zealand, especially young ones. And like I said, get the recruitment officers to um, tell them what, what rugby league's all about. You know, get them to, oh, you know, you know, do anyway, so mm. what, uh, what they want to... Uh, sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied here. Yeah, um, no, that's all good. Oh, hear, so what, you're hear what you're, you're in, saying, Dave. You're in the mecca of, yeah, um, you know, uh, provinces with the talent, mate. You've got Fielding Egg, which is right there, that's produced some of the mm. most amazing talent in New Zealand. You've got Palmerston Boys Highs with over a 1,000 mm. pupils uh, producing Aaron Crudens and Nani Laumapis. You know, like, you've got the, the talent there, and what I'm getting to understand now, what I've learnt over the last couple of months with Uncle on the situation is NZ Rugby League, 
and the provinces, they don't have anything to do in, in the smaller regions. And we had uh, someone on the other day, mate, talk, uh, Ali Lawatiti, he's part of New Zealand Rugby League, talking about the up in the north, the amount of talent that is up there. Huni Harawit is coming on the show and talking about the talent, but no one's reacting to the, what, what's going on, and it's a, it's a horrible situation that we've got going on, on at the moment. David, appreciate your call on the Kenatai phone line, mate. Thanks very much. There you go, Dave uh, from Palmerston North. That's awesome to hear from him. Give us a call, 800 150 Now, Cameron George yesterday in his press conference, the Warriors CEO, speaking about the departure of Nathan Brown, was asked about um, where is the club at from mm. a culture perspective and where is the club at not just around the coaching. They've been overseas for a long time and Cam George spoke about that and how that has really hurt what other teams and what other platforms and pathways they can put around their first grade team. I'm not quite sure what the definition underbelly means uh, in regards to this scenario, but um, you know I take a lot of responsibility and I'm very passionate about our footy club in the now and, and in the future. And whilst we've been trying to survive in a lot of aspects of our footy club, it doesn't negate us and give us a free pass from not winning. Um, have we got that right? Again, no. But look, we have over 100 kids training each week in our academy system in New Zealand. The biggest problem we've had there uh, they haven't had the games of footy that they should be able to play in normal circumstances. In March 2020, when COVID stopped the world, not just the NRL, we had an NRL uh, team. We had a New South Wales Cup reserve grade team, if you want to call it that. We had a Jersey flag team. We had an NRLW team. So we had four teams competing in the competition. Since that point, we have not been able to field any other team except the NRL team. We've got 12 kids over here that probably no one knows about that we're paying for to have here all year round just to help them develop a bit more. As I said, we've got 100 kids training every week at Mount Smart Stadium with four or five staff over there. We're trying to develop them. We're trying to get them games of footy. We tried to get them over here for a tour, but the board has stopped that this year. So there's a lot of stuff happening in underneath that underpins who we are. And when we can get home and reconnect with all of those facets of our business, it'll be much more better for our footy club to succeed. That's Cam George, CEO of the Warriors, sitting next to Stacey Jones yesterday at the press conference. Stacey Jones on SENZ today after 3 p.m. with Kempe and Sam Hewitt. Stacey's going to dial in and talk about his ambitions and what he can do for this club. But Kempe on Cam George, Mark Tex, just wondering how you and Cam George get on. When you hear Cam talk about that, does he make sense? No, not at all. Um, I think what he did was he he, he took he got his he got his heckles up. Uh, because I said that he had a soft underbelly. Let me just let me just define what a soft underbelly means. It means that you have a part of your club which is easy to attack. And for me, there's there's two real simple ones that are under attack at the moment. One of them is recruitment, where he talks about and uses COVID as a, a, an excuse to why they can't build um, the depth within the club. But the other part is in the team. It's your defensive. It's your defensive capability. And, and, and your defensive capability in your side is a soft underbelly because every team knows that you're going to score points against the, the Warriors on the fo- football field. But to use the recruitment one, and, and Dave, that phoned him before, if you've got 100 players, and I'm just, this is just off the top of my head, okay? Because I'm a numbers man. You've got 100 players, it's seven teams, is it? 
Mm. All right? It's seven teams. That's what I mean. You know what I mean? You create something So why do you create a seven-team competition and develop within your own country? Because you're talking about the board turned down getting these guys to Aussie, a competition where they play themselves. And you play play a a nine-week competition, give a team a bye every second week. You've Mm. got them all together. You've got a chance to coach your coaches, put coaches in place so you're building your coaching depth. You've got managers, trainers, you know, that they're sacking every five, five, five new physios, five new trainers. You've got a structure and a system under place that sort of underpins and strengthens your belly. Mm. You know what I mean? So um, stop talking in riddles. And, 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 to, and to the person that asked about how do I get on with Cameron, Cameron George, I get on well with him. Me and him had a chat last night. Um, you know, I spoke to Stace. Uh, you know, I love the, I love the guy. He, he people, I, and, I, and I get this. I think people know what Stacey Jones means to our game. He's our future yeah. Kiwi coach. Let's not ruin that because he's taken mm. over this NRL um, position. But after, straight after it, I talked to Cam. And I actually, I said, you know, like, man, you know, we've got to protect, protect Stace Cam. You know, so um, it doesn't stop me from telling, you know, and I said to Cameron too, mate, you know me, I've got an opinion and I'm pretty, um, I've got rhino skin. So I'm going to say it, say it how, I, how I call it. Um, mm. But mate, pick the phone up if you want to chat to me. Always, always free to chat. That's what. Yeah, like with hearing Cameron George talk about hundred players. Uh, they've got pathways. They've got players over there at the moment. Well, you've got an owner. You've got an owner that's you know apparently got a bit of cash. So cash is probably not a problem at the moment to create a tournament like that. You look at the twenties that, that Dave was alluding to. The twenties tournament that was played in Topol. You had all the franchises. They had an under twenties outfit. It was awesome. It was, it was televised. It was an opportunity for these players to go out, start playing some rugby. Like the COVID situation, I'm sick of using it as an excuse. Like the COVID is here and it's going to be here forever. We can't, we've got to move forward and we've got to create tournaments. We've got to create little events and little situations where these kids can have an opportunity. So I don't, yeah, I think that was a, that was a cop out from Cameron George with that situation. Well, while we're on Cameron George, we'll get to these texts. Give us a call, 0800 150 811. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And, and we'll talk Stacey in a second and, and what Stacey means to New Zealand rugby league. But an interesting text has come through here. Cameron George must stand down from NZTR boards. So for those that aren't aware, so we spoke to Bruce Sharrick. He's the CEO of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing. Cam George, and he's had a fabulous career in racing. He's done a lot of good things for New Zealand Racing. He is currently the chairman of the Thoroughbred board. I, I think he's been there for probably 18 months, maybe two years, maybe a little bit longer than that. Um, this text says you can't just do both. Let him completely stuff up the Warriors. There's not much further to go and t- deeper before rock bottom. Racing will be better off without him. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I take your point that he's got two highly influential jobs in New Zealand sport at the moment. And Zane's come through. I found the question to Cam George most telling. A week like this, do you feel under pressure from the owner because of what you've gone through two coaches since you've been there? And he said, I don't. Mark and I work very closely. Now, that's been confirmed. Cam George and Mark Robinson, they obviously get on. The Mm. way Cam defended him during the Matt Lodge situation and the way that Cam George can answer that question and feel very safe in his job. Do they need an outside voice, Kimpy? Do they need more or less, um, I guess, unbiased or uncoloured opinion? Well, if you're you're looking from the outside in and... You know, at the at the people they had full gold. You know, like you you think you go to get full gold, and he's going to bring a change over here. Again, I said at the time that he's just warming he's warming a seat over here. He ain't staying here. You yeah. know what I mean? He was always gearing himself up through the media to pick up a position in Sydney. What they need is they need someone. They need to trust Kiwis, and they need someone that's resilient that can t- just just tell them to mate stop it. 
You don't actually, you're not an expert, all right? You need to trust people and let the, the, this, this coaching thing, and we had a real good text this morning, put a system in place that goes out and takes their time in, in putting the next person in place. Don't make rash decisions and don't think, you know, for me, if I'm busy and this is, this is where I'll go with this, if Cam George and Mark Robinson select the next coach, doomed. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree, mate. So how do you think Justin Morgan's feeling through all this? We haven't heard anything from him. Not one bit. And, and you spoke about underbelly with defence. That's where you set us. That's where you win titles defensively. And they have been leaking 40 points plus every game, but you never hear from him. Mate, he's got to go. Mm. Like he's been, you know, he was he was around the club. He was working for the club. Then he was put into that position. You know, there was no there was no process that they went through to put in a, 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 a decent assistant coach. Yeah, like you've got to stop doing that. Like you, you do. You've got to you've got to actually build a structure with a long term vision. Not say, "What well, here's a job for a mate." Mm. Uh, look, yes, it is fair though that they have been, and I know you guys are sick of the excuses, but it hasn't necessarily been all plain sailing and they have been away from home and these things are true it's not easy to run a business on the road I'm like that's fair enough joey is on the road with us now 0800 150 whereabouts are you around the country joey from auckland boys auckland. first time caller to your, your program fantastic look um you know i we i listened to uh one of new zealand's best coaches ever uh, a few weeks ago and it's for the with the warriors Straight away, he made a comment, Graham Lowe, he made a comment of putting, of putting Walsh at 5'8". Now, there's a, there's a guy that's coached Queensland. He's coached mm. when I was a kid coming through. He took the, the, the Kiwis to, to be in Australia when I was coming through, and that, that was fantastic for, for players like us coming through. And, and for, not, for them not to even listen to someone like him to, with his experience, it's, you know... There's guys also there that are leaving, like Tavita, they, they say, oh, well, you've got Tavita Harris there. But at the end of the year, he's going. So he could easily go back to fullback. Mm. You could have, Walsh is a guy that every time he comes in, in, the, in the back line, he does very quick. Now, Tony Kemp's played 5'8". He's very, he's very quick. He, he's got good skills. He's, he's, as a fullback, um, he lacks a little bit of defence, without a doubt. And, and you know, w- w- the way I look at it, too, is, is they're not they're not winning, so why not why not change up change the team up about? I don't know what you guys think about it. Mm. I go, look, I agree with you. I was, I, off the back off the back fence on Monday morning, I said the exact thing: move, move, move Walsh to five eight, take the game management off Sean Johnson, play Sean Johnson up through the dummy half and defend him at um, back in his, his spot, or or run him run him around in the fullback spot if you're going to pick him in the team because Sean just hasn't done it for us this year, and we need to give someone a go. The the discussion about Graham Lowe is that it's the woke it's the woke culture. All right, they won't listen to people like me or Graham Lowe because we've got an opinion, and they just and what they say the faithless, what they say is oh they they're disgruntled, they're unhappy. You know they were part of it. Like just get over yourselves. Like people, there are really what you're saying. There are really good football minds. Maybe you just sit down and listen to them. Maybe they do have something to offer. Morning, guys. At least now, no matter what happens, I feel like no matter the immediate result, Stacey Jones will have 100% the best interests of the club at heart. And hopefully mm. we've hit rock bottom and he can start to build something. Jamie. Jamie, awesome point. And that was Kempe's 
off the back fence today. You can go and listen to that on Izzy and Kempi for Breakfast podcast channels. Izzy, this was Cam George's trump card. I, I love Stacey Jones. He is a yeah. hero of mine. I, I, I think the people inside the club love Stacey Jones. He's not necessarily going to be the silver bullet to save the club, ah. but what he can do is he can restore some mana. He can. He can restore some mana. Maybe you think of the Warriors, I just think straight of Stacey Jones. I think Stacey Jones and what he's done for the club. And look, it's it's not going to happen overnight, but we, we've got to support him. We've got to get around him. And, and I love that chat from for chucking Reese Walsh in, in first receiver. You want your best player, your most threatening attacker, when he gets the ball, to have as many touches as possible. That is where he's going to get that. Yes, he can be erratic, and you know, probably won't. He'll probably go out on a limb, but he'll try things and he'll try and have a little crack. So yeah, I don't mind that. Chuck him in there and have a crack. Well, you got nothing else to lose. Yeah, no, you definitely don't. John, you're in the knacky. What have you got on the Warriors? Um, morning, boys. Kempi, you made a great comment there about um, the owner and George could be picking the next coach. Now, we're beyond Upshire Creek now. So are they going to influence the next coach? Well, by by all by all accounts, that's apparently how it's going to, you know, the decision will be made by me and the owner. Like, I don't know if you've read that comment, but that's actually what Cam George said. So... I just think it's. I think that 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 process is doomed. Oh yeah, <laughs> John. Thanks for your call. I hundred one five zero. Mate, John, you know me. I ain't gonna sit on the fence, mate. I'm gonna tell it as it is. Like Robo, Robo needs to go back and just sit in the Ortex offices and run the multi-million dollar business. And he needs people that know what they're doing, selecting um, a. The next position, which Frank Frank Endicott made a lot of sense about yesterday, and for the club, that is going to get him a winning culture in that club. Yeah, fair enough. 23 minutes past 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, we're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Zane's come through again. We need a GM of footy with ball, football IQ that can actually have some strength and decision-making in the club. Zane, I think there needs to be some sort of outside influence. Uh, I agree. 23 minutes past 8. Paul Mawadi from tab.co.nz is not far away. We'll get through some of your texts. They're flooding in. Love all of your chat on the Warriors. You're very passionate. And this is what, as Izzy says, this is for you. This is for the fans because it's your club. It's our club. And we're allowed to we're allowed to feel disgruntled. 23 minutes past eight. Back soon. Not Maxi Clear from Chemist Warehouse for cold and flu relief. Get 30 tablets for just $6.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. 28 minutes past eight o'clock this morning. TAB.co.nz is where you go for all your markets. Paul Mawadi is on the line. Paulie, what is, let's pick a name here, uh, Jeff Tuvey playing in the next Warriors coach market? <laughs> oh, Jeff Tuvey. Oh, there's got to be an inquiry. There's there, got to be an inquiry. It's an investigation, <laughs> boys. Let's not misquote the great man. <laughs> oh, oh, no, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> what do you got going on, Paulie? Oh, State of Origin night, and uh, the punters are getting stuck right in and they love New South Wales. Uh, they have been very well supported by punters. They're currently $1.61 to win State of Origin 1 tonight. Uh, Queensland are at $2.27. We've got a bonus back promotion on tonight's game. Just place a pre-match winning team and margin bet on the State of Origin game tonight, and if your team wins but you've selected the incorrect margin, we'll refund your bet up to $50 as a bonus bet. I can tell you the best back selection in that winning team and margin uh, market 
New South Wales to win by 12 and under at $2.80. Mm. Uh, there's also been uh, a bit of action on New South Wales to win by 13 and over at $3.40. Hardly any friends are taking Queensland to win by 13 and over at $6. They don't see the Queenslanders having much of a chance tonight. And we've got power plays all over the place. I can tell you one of the best backed overnight, Stags, Crichton, Madison, Cobbo, Cotter, Carrigan or Nanai to score the first try at $3.30. That's mm. taken Ooh. a wee bit of cash overnight. Oh, oh, can see why. Download the TAB app now and go and find those power plays because that is, oh, that's got a bit of something to it. Paulie, thank you for your time. Uh, we'll talk more league after the news. Lotoha for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Boys, I have a Warriors rain jacket in my work van. Yesterday I got wet rather than wearing it because of what's been happening the last couple of months. Cheers, Chris. Well, that doesn't sum it up. Ooh. Mate, they haven't won. They haven't won Queensland and Sydney since 2017. Is that's why the punters are jumping on. But I've got a funny feeling. I've got a funny feeling about the Maroons tonight. There's maybe mm. a little upset on the cards. Uh, half past eight. Back to talk more rugby league with you. 0800-150-811 Before Blair Chuk after this. <laughs> SENZ Blair Chuk is not far away. It's World Ocean Day. Looking forward to chatting to Chuki in a second. It's 27 minutes away from nine. We're talking all things rugby league. And after three o'clock today, Kempi is with Sam Hewitt on the new rugby league show, Stacey Jones. What a debut episode it will be. Here's my favourite clip from the whole Nathan Brown resignation saga. It was on Channel 9 Australia last night. If there's been a more relaxed coach departing a club than Nathan Brown, we haven't seen it. Very happy with the outcome, mate. Very, very happy. And that's not to point and blame and laugh at Nathan Brown. That tells no, me that relieved. he is extremely <laughs> relieved that this ordeal Ooh. is over for him. Well, for us, it's only beginning. Sean, you're in Auckland. You want to chat, Warriors? Yeah, I'd like to feel like Nathan Brown sometimes, to be honest. <laughs> but I'm still on that bloody damn train. Uh, yeah, a couple, a couple of things that I don't don't understand. Like, let's be honest, Stacey Jones probably one of my all-time favourite players. Um, look, Nathan Brown has said he's not coming next year, but also Stacey said that he doesn't want to coach next year as a head coach. So mm. what we're going to do, you know, because we've got some respect to Stacey Jones, is throw him the biggest hospital pass in the world. I was having a look at the draw, and I mean, really, I mean, we've got three games of potentially we've got a chance of winning, and I say a chance because we just don't know. We've got the West Tigers, we've got the Titans and the Bulldogs, and the rest of them look like they're pretty much, well, I mean, I, I, you know, Stacey Jones did a lot of things, but we don't have Stacey Jones in his prime plane, so he, he could have a record of 3-12, and 12, and I just, I can't understand why they didn't keep Brown on for the year. Um, and, you know, and have some plans with the, the new coach that coming in could still make the selections around, you know, who comes in next year or whatever. I mean, I don't know if we're going to have any money in the Lodge situation. And the other <laughs> thing I'd really like to change is to get the CEO to stop talking the bloody riddles. And so, I mean, we've got him already talking about, you know, what he's, you know, what he's promising in the next 12 to 18 months. I'd rather see the Warriors actually come out and actually do some stuff and stop talking about it because mm. it's doing my head in. Yeah, corporate corporate speak in a in a... A world of pain doesn't work with the fans when they just want to hear some truth. So, um, I think just to just to give you Stacey's context, Stacey said he doesn't want to coach uh, next year. What he's basically saying is he's not ready and he still wants to um, develop, but he's you know he knows that this is a much needed. Um, I guess support for the club that he can offer, and it is a trump card played by Cam George. 
Yeah, you're right, Kempi. Look, Cam George knew that Stacey Jones wasn't going to turn the, the role away because he loves the club too much. And everyone loves him, is he, inside the club? They really do. Like, he's got so much respect in there, and it'll be good for the players. But mm. there's still the overlying and the overarching factor about hanging over the players and the whole club, which I know you keep coming back to. And, and that is the ownership and how much control whoever runs the club has. And you're shaking your head and <laughs> I can feel... <laughs> I know why. Good morning, team. I think, first of all, they need to give Stace a new defence coach as for a long-term take mm. that, that's, and choose wisely. Have a great day. That's from Dave and Karaka. And what about this message about John Acklin, Kempe? Yeah, the Warriors need to go... Ha- um cap in hand to John Acklin and beg him to get involved in the junior programs again. He was very good. He got them a championship, didn't he, in the 20s. Uh, he is the best we have in the country in spotting and develop, develop, developing the young pills. I worry for the future of the game in New Zealand. If the Warriors can't sort it out, in Christchurch we have had two Premier teams default mm. um, in the last month. A proud Premier team competition. Papua Nui has lost 102 and 82, uh, nil and 60 to 6 and defaulted twice in the last five weeks. Bad signs happens all across the country. All right, it's happening in Auckland in the in the Fox at the moment, but we needed to play a competition up here. Man, it, it, it's on life support. I've said that to you so many times, yet we have this organisation that is run by Sport New Zealand and funded by Sport New Zealand that is just filtering salaries into head office and nothing back into the provinces. They're saying all the right things, Cameron George, but let's just see some actions. You know, um, Sean there just said all words. Everyone's good at saying words. Let's see some actions. We talk about every week, pathways, developments. There is no genuine option for these kids, so that's why they're going to go to rugby or go to Australia. So if we don't sort that out, it's just going to be like this for the next six to eight years when the Warriors maybe might make the top four. 12 to 18 months, Nathan Brown said they'll be good. No way. Way <laughs> longer than that. <laughs> yeah, t- He's yeah. dreaming. Yeah, maybe 12 to 18 years. Mm. And look, look, yeah. Daniel, I love your message here. Ted, you've come through, same sort of thing. The Warriors have lost their identity and whom they represent. This hasn't happened because of COVID, but also the demise of local league comps, especially around Auckland. Yes, we agree, Ted. Ali, Ali Lawatiti said that yesterday. Go listen to that podcast. He spoke about the Warriors, their identity, where they need to go. He's dead right, Ted. They've lost it. They don't know what they're about. Yeah. They, they they don't. And um, look, the defence question has been asked by a lot of our listeners today. Uh, you're so passionate and you deserve better. One thing, as he talks about actions, Kempe, how about giving up a little bit of power? Wouldn't that just well, go you, a world of you, good? Oh, mate, me and you have been having the heated debate here in the last break, Izzy, around the power. Mm. All right. And I'll tell you what, if Cam George can't get Mark Robinson to step aside and Mark Robinson has to rubber stamp every decision that's made in the club, Cam George needs to move aside. Mm. All right? And if Mark wants to do that, well, Mark, step into the CEO seat and, and just and just put the CEO's cap on and and see if you can actually build this this championship-winning team. But someone needs to, someone needs to step up here. Give, give the club back. Look, I know he owns it, and he's gone out. He's invested a lot of money into this club. Great. Awesome. And he's, great. And he's, Absolutely yeah, yeah, great. Which is Love great. It. Thank you for which, that. But just step back. Give it back. Like You touched on the independent uh, person on the back room that needs to make all those calls. Do it then. Do it. Otherwise, we're just going to keep doing this situation every single week. Well, we've got a long coaching um, consult- consultation process to find the next coach, a long process to find that coach and find that person. Who it is? 
I hope that they're empowered and I hope that the players keep playing for them. And meanwhile, the players got to go out there and they got to try win a game. And, and look, that's a Stacey Jones has got a massive task. Justin Morgan, everyone in that coach's box. I, I you know, hats off to you guys for what you're going to go out there and do this weekend because they're going to play, they're going to try hard, their hardest and it's, it can't be easy from time to time. 21 away from Is nine. Is this the week, Louis? Is this the week? Well, the, 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 the last caller said three games. The, the last caller said three games. When you have a change of coach, normally they go all right. All right. Is this the week? Oh, I can't even, what day are we playing? I'll look it I'm up. On the, I'll even help them. I'll jump on the Sharks. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, the Warriors. Oh, speaking of Sharks, it's World Ocean Day. Ooh, mm, you like that? Beautiful. Blair Chuke, Blair not far up. away. Good pick up, Louis. <laughs> Blair Chuke, not far away to talk about that. Useful range at Chemist Warehouse, now starting from just eighteen sixty nine, and Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, we're fifteen minutes away from nine before we hand over the bat into Smithy, and he touched on it. Let's support. Let's back Stacey Jones interim role taking over the Warriors. But right now, it is World Oceans Day. Where we celebrate the beautiful Moana, the beautiful Tangaroa, and our ocean and all that it gives us. In Aotearoa, there are a number of things we are passionate about. Our sports, of course, our Kiwi ingenuity, and spirit another. And the beautiful ocean. We are surrounded by water more than almost every other country. We have grown up at the beach, in the surf, casting a line. So today should be a very special day for all us Kiwis, as it's World Ocean Day. Blair Took is a passionate for us as passionate for the water as anyone else we know he and pete burling have their own foundation live ocean where they campaign and grow awareness for our beautiful moana blair's on the line now no doubt he's recovered from that kickathon where he probably kicked about a thousand more than dc so how's your quad how's your hamstring mate you've been recovering in the in the ocean this morning yeah morning boys um, thanks for having me on that was a that was a heck of an intro, actually. But thank you very much. Pretty um, pretty awesome day. But now the old the hammies and the uh, the groins come right. But it's been what, it was a couple of months. So I'm pretty lucky. But uh, yeah, it was an epic morning too, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a great morning, mate. You're you're slotting them from the left, right, right down the 50 meter line, mate. Hey, uh, what have you been up to this morning? I've just seen your, your Instagram. You had a big crowd at the at the beach getting in for a wee dip. What's been happening this morning? Yeah, so just um, in Milford Beach in Tamaki Makoto. So live ocean winter dip this morning um, as part of World Ocean Day, a day to celebrate the Moana and you know all of the life in it. So and all it all it does for us. Um, so yeah, awesome morning. Hey Blair, the importance of that, like you know, you're a, you're a seaman, um, spend most of your life on the ocean. The importance that the ocean plays in our ecosystem is that message being put out there by uh, you know people like yourself with the profile. Yeah, I think for too long um, the ocean soaked up um, so much for us. It really is the lifeblood of the planet. Um, it it takes in all of, a lot of heat. CO2, um, but it's really at a tipping point now and, it, and it's not too big to fail. And the science has been pointing that way for a long time. Um, so, yeah, I guess today and um, doing the live ocean winter dip is just a chance for people to connect to that, to show um, action that they, they too care about it and, and want to see a, a healthy ocean for, for, for a healthy future. What are some of the things, Chuki, that we could do to instill that the health of our oceans remains for a very long time? Like some simple things 
when we're so oblivious at home, just some things we could just probably lead us and make some change? Yeah, well, uh, I think for us here in Aotearoa, first off, understanding, um, like said in the intro, how important our ocean space is. Literally 94% of, um, of what we are is Aotearoa. We've got the fourth largest ocean in the world. Um, so it, it's globally significant. And um, I guess the thing about the ocean is so much of it's out of sight. It's below the surface um, or, or the you know, top of the water or it's over the horizon. So it's really hard for people on land to to connect with it and understand what it does for us. But it it really is, like I said before, the the life support system of the planet. Um, and we need to have a, a healthy ocean for a healthy future. So just connecting with it, understanding those things. Um, and then obviously we need to really look at what we take from from the moana, how we how we harvest. Um, we can always be better and have better practices around that. And then on the other side of what we put into it, whether it's yeah. um, things like sedimentation and, and runoff and just, yeah, all of those things. We've put so many pressures on the ocean and um, it's just, it is put up with for, for a long time, but it's really at a tipping point now. Yeah, it's, it's unacceptable. One of the things we can do is our COVID masks, make sure you put them in, in the rubbish, mate, as opposed to letting them drop on the road. They find themselves, I was walking down the down the uh, waterways yesterday and seen a number of them in the, in our ocean. It's so, so sad. Hey, uh, just to Blair, I'm just going to ask you a question here. Around the ocean, you, you're on it all the time. Mate, Matai Bay is one of my favourite spots in New Zealand. What's your secret little spot in New Zealand that you like to get away with and enjoy the, enjoy the ocean? Yeah, well, uh, that's a pretty neat spot you've, you've got up, up north there. Um, obviously, being from Kitty Kitty, I've got them... Uh, pretty awesome spots around the bay um, that are, you know, where I feel, I guess, most connected and most alive. So got a surf spot not too far from home that I take the boat out to, and that's probably um, my one one place. Pick Won't me up, brother. Pick me up. On here, mate. Pick me up. I'm up in Kirikiri from yeah, this weekend. Come and get me. I'll, oh. I'll get me 9-1 out, and I'll own that wave. Yeah. Nah, sweet as. Yeah, I'm definitely keen, but yeah, it's it's Something there's so many Kiwis have got connection to the to the ocean in one way or another. We all live so close to it, so um, I guess with that connection comes a sense of responsibility. Um, yeah. Hey, is notice notice a true surfy? Eh? Didn't give the name of the spot up. <laughs> Spot X. Spot, Spot X. Spot X. <laughs> hey, locals, mate, they start swinging. They're pretty feisty, those bloody surfers. If you ever drop in on them, they'll drop you. Yeah. Anyway, Chuki, we're going to let you go, mate. Uh, you're doing a little campaign, so you want Kempi to go have a wee swim this morning, do you? Yeah, and you, brother, aren't you down south? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> too trying to get out here. of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, jump jump in the Moana for thirty seconds. Tag it's live ocean, and yeah, um, yeah just just get get some mates involved and just get out there and and, and show that action and, and that care for having a healthy Moana. All right, I saw DC yesterday. He notice how he didn't go towards his tummy. Well, I'm definitely not going to go towards my tummy and give you a frontal shot, mate. So I'll I'll, I'll do that if Kempi does it. I'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah, All right, oh, man. All right, oh, I'll man. look out for it. Legends, guys. <laughs> All right, Blair Chook, absolute okay. champion, doing some great things for the ocean, mate. Appreciate it. Take care, Chooky. Okay, thank you, boys. Thank you.
Yeah, can't um, wait. Get in the YMAC, is he? Get your get your Yeezys on and get in the YMAC. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, look, look, I might. Uh, I've I've outed myself, haven't I? I can't turn back now. Um, is stitches out, is he? Might be good for your foot. Nah, they're still in, Unc. Oh, no, you're, yeah. you're going to have to go in so here there's, first. There's a few options here. You've got uh, the pond at Clearwater. You've got the Waimakariri River where you uh, you salmon fish. Or you've got the pool, which is literally five metres away from where you're broadcasting right now. No, oh, I can't do the pool. No way. No way. I'll get Not it. Not heated it yet? <laughs> no, no. That but pool's you'll be, cold, you'll bro. Be able it's to about heat, five degrees. You'll be able to heat it now that you're not getting it. Uh, tell your horse. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. We'll go down the YMAC. We'll go down the YMAC. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to go try and play golf, so I'll probably be swimming it, uh, somewhere in the, in the pond <laughs> trying to find my ball. So, look, there'll be time. All right. Uncle, go do it. Yeah, Kim, for sure. Kimpy, we'll have to go find a beach after this. After we check the smithy. shoulders out, Uncle. Hey, um, now, Simon, Vaughan, Trent, Harrison, Adam, Brett. Great text. More of you. that You've texted. What we can't do, we don't have time. We've got to get to Smithy. We can't read them all because they're so passionate. What we're going to do is I'm going to make Kempe do a bit of overtime. Go to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on our podcast channel at about 10 a.m. today. We're going to record an exclusive podcast that's not going to go on here. It'll just be a podcast responding to these text messages. So that's for everybody that wants to carry on the Warriors conversation. Go to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, our podcast channel, and you will find a little bit of extra Warriors content because I feel you, and today is the day we need to respect you. Seven away from nine, back with Smithy. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.